To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode is also brought to you by pbandjoey.com. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for the all-new dark roast coffee. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, folks, open an account today with Weeble, and with just a $100 deposit, you'll get four free stocks. And if you refer a friend, you'll get two more. Such a simple way to start a portfolio with the power of a desktop, tablet, or cell phone. With Weeble, you'll get zero commission fees, access to pre-market trading, and in-depth analytical tools for more advanced users. If you want to support this program, go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the Weeble banner in the contact section. That way, I'll get free stocks, and you'll get free stocks. Now, that's something most of us can agree on. Terms and conditions do apply. See Weeble.com for more information. Thank you to Weeble, and please trade responsibly. Bored housewives, so they're generally hitting Moscato too because they need something sweet in their lives because their husband is sour. That ring on your finger? Some pygmy died digging that out of a hole for you to say I do and ruin some guys like yeah look at that dude he's got a hernia shaped like a bag of pretzels that he just you're ate. going to Thailand you're going to smash some dude going over there for guy time but it's not with his buddies what does it say on the bottle well if it says that on the bottle why did you put it on your head all these actors did was shut their mouths because they didn't want to be run out of Hollywood now a bad batch of Chinese food has you blowing insurance premiums on vitamin f- D. Too much. That's who we're I going sound like Bill Mar. Really, John? Really? really? We can't do this anymore, Auntie. I'll see you at the bar mitzvah. It's almost like it never existed, but it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go f- yourself. PositiveSarcasm.com, recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. Like, subscribe, share, PositiveSarcasm.com, slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Hit me up on social media if you want, or you can email me directly, PositiveSarcasm at Outlook.com. You can also just contact me directly through my website, whether it's the questions about certain movies I've seen, posing music for fitness competitors, or just you need to contact me for client work or anything like that. Maybe you got a wedding coming up and you need a videographer or you just have questions, comments, concerns. Check out my YouTube channel. You can contact me directly through my website. You can just hit the contact section right there. Positive sarcasm. Also got some affiliate links if you want to try those. The Cash app, the Weeble app where you get four free stocks. And of course the Acorns app where a penny saved is a penny earned. Uh, yeah, so, if you want to go ahead and do that, go ahead and uh, hit me up through my website, blah, blah, blah. Um, my other website, my other YouTube channels, Positive Sarcasm, Positive Sarcasm Podcast, and, of course, the all-new, uh, Positive Sarcasm Reaction. Sorry, my head is all the place. I just went and moved, um, recording here for the Spare Parts Studio that is looking a little, uh, a little empty. I just moved, well, the rocking chair is still there, the printer's over here. The thingy that the printer was on is not there, because that's downstairs. The guest chair, downstairs. The coffee table, downstairs. The futon, downstairs. Uh, let's see. That stuff's in the corner. Baby's in the corner. Oh, you're a good boy. Uh, the gym equipment in the garage. Oh, boy. It's getting a little, uh, it's getting down to the wire. 
I got a lot of work to do uh, this weekend. I have some uh, I got some audio to uh, edit for some clients, and I've got uh, some stuff up to, stuff to pack as well. So I'm getting that ready. Um, ooh, two weeks away, man. Haven't really, haven't had too much time to really reflect. Uh, I've been too busy researching articles and looking at all the crazy shit that's been going on in the world. And uh, it's like, wow, okay, so that's there. This is, and uh, it's it's a weird because, you know, I'm going back. I'm I'm going back to the ocean. And uh, well, how quickly life falls apart, and yet if you. Well, I mean, I'll set the example here. I was um, so I was heading up uh, north of it as I've been doing since about about uh, early June this year. Um, ever since I got chased back, and um, we're just driving up there and stuff. And I I got there was this Jeep Grand Cherokee driving in the opposite direction or something or other, but open with the with the back open. It was going backwards in the wrong lane on the side of the road with everything open. Um, The reason being is because everything that was in the back of this overstuffed Jeep was all over the road. And I mean, all of it was all over the road. It was like, wow. Like, I can't imagine. Did I stop? Well, I mean, I could have. But I didn't. I mean, I figured I did my my good deeds for the year. I, I saved a uh, old dachshund from being run over on the highway. Um, I figured with this situation going on, maybe you should just let it pass. There was there was a couple people already there. They had it looked like they had it handled, but it looked like a shit situation. It looked like you know everybody had the stuff packed. It looked like it, the struggle became more of a struggle. Look like everybody's stuff. This this person's livelihood was just all over the road. They were just trying to get from one place to another, and just couldn't catch a break. And I mean, believe me, I caught some breaks this year. Not gonna lie, you know, I was falling pretty fast, and 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 a, and a few people caught me. But what I did after that. Um, was all up to me. You know, it was up. It was truly up to me and some direct. And thankfully, given some direction, uh, heading, head moving, always moving forward. You know, uh. So I mean, just to look at that, like how quickly that stuff fell out of that that vehicle, and then just me reflecting on my own circumstances where my life just fell apart, where my own life just kind of vomited all over the road. And I, it's not a situation I want to be in again. Not a situation I want to be in again. Now, would I wish it upon some of my worst enemies? Yeah, of course I would. Fuck them. That's the whole point, you know? Don't get me wrong. It's like, I know people would say, like, uh, oh, I wouldn't wish this upon my worst enemies. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would absolutely do that. If I saw some, if I saw a person I hated the most, just in dire straits, it just like covered in life's shit, 
I'd probably smirk a little bit. Or at the very least, shake my head and be like, shame. Could have been one of the good ones. But I probably, I probably get, a, I probably get a laugh out of it. Not gonna lie, we all, we all get a kick out of it. We all get our little selfish jollies out, out when we see the demise of poor, of, of terrible people. Um, but I never saw, I never met this person. It was just somebody whose life was all over the road. And thinking about how I'm, I mean, let's face it, this situation is only temporary. What I'm doing, but I did plan it. It is for a good period of time, and it gets me to because this year, I mean, I feel bad for people who had had to find specific places to rent, or overpaying for rent, or had to buy a home, um, and had to deal with the stupid prices this year. I mean, ridiculousness. I mean. Look, I'll be honest, there are plenty of people who made out this year. Because they just, they had an opportunity to barter with something and took advantage of it. Whether it was a house, or whether it was uh, for uh, retirement pen, uh, funds, and they were able to take it out without paying a penalty. Or they had stuff that people were willing to buy. You know, and be that as it may, it's, like, I, I took advantage of it. I had a, the ability to take some of that stimulus money, but... The only thing I did with that was put myself in a situation that I'm now in where I have no debt. None. So, thinking about where I'm going next, it's like, how quickly shit can fall apart when you're just trying to, you're, you're scatterbrained and you're just moving from one place to the next and how many, how many things you leave behind. Well, it's like now... You know, I, even though I'm not, I'm, I'm not stuffing everything into a back of a jeep and rambling down the road and just hoping to keep it together for a few miles longer. It's I, I'm I'm giving myself a little extra space and I'm putting places. I'm packing light, but I'm not getting really really getting rid of anything. There are some things that I just flat out don't need. You know that are just completely. Well, they're so cheap and useless, it's just there's no value for it. These are things that I could easily pick up along the way. and uh, But that's about it. Most of the stuff I'm retaining, I'm putting it in light, in light storage. Hopefully to not at the, uh, the detriment of others. But, you know, my laptops are coming with me. My, uh, you, know, you know, Chase is coming with me. My, stu- my, my, uh, uh, my, my podcast studio is coming with me. And, you know, my clothes and a little bit of workout gear, but it's kind of all I need. You know, when when you get a fully furnished place, it's like, wait a minute, I don't need half this shit. Hell, I don't need 90% of this shit. I could just get rid of all of it. Well, it's like, well, I don't want to do that. Let's not be hasty. I mean, the spare parts of what have helped me get this far, you know, but... Just thinking about, I'm probably going to keep this podcast short this week, but um, I just realizing, like, it's been since March since I left the seacoast. And now it's September, and I'm, I'm heading back. How quickly it creeped up on me. But I just keep, you really do have to aim and attack at full strength. Like, there are nights when, I mean... I get up every morning at 5 a.m., but sometimes it's it's 10:30 and I'm still doing 
I'm still up doing the, the typical editing or food prep or whatever it is because you have to. It's not an option. It's not an option. These things that you have to do in order to get through the next day in order to make it easier, otherwise it compounds uh, poorly on you, you have to do them. There's no option. Not for me. If I want to have an easy Monday, I have to make sure my my food is prepped the night before. I have to make sure that Chase is taken care of. I have to make sure that my clothes are taken care of. I have to make sure my clothes are done. I have to make sure that all of my uh, audio work, such as editing the podcast and scheduling it for the drop, and the, the podcast uh, reaction channel, the, the, excuse me, the music reaction channel, is done. That has to be ready for a Saturday and Sunday drop. That's it. I have to make sure that all my clients are taken care of so that I can breeze into Monday knowing that this is what the, is on the slate for next year, for the next on the slate for next week. That's what Sunday is. Sunday is research, note-taking, drafting, sending emails, prepping for uh, and prepping for Monday. Monday is is not really a relaxed day. It's more about let's go through the motions, prep everything, make sure we got plenty of food, make sure the dog is happy, he's well taken care of, and he's living the life he deserves to. And then once everything settles down at night, then we get ready for a Tuesday. And that's when the music reactions start going again. I research stuff that I want to listen to or watch. And then we start getting ready for next week's podcast with more research, checking out the new articles, also looking at the stock market, seeing what the stock market is doing. That's And these are little intricate parts of every single day. Am I going to make moves? Am I going to buy? Am I going to sell? What am I doing with the cars? August, like I said, was an expensive month. August is I have to register my cars, and that was no cheap thing because that has to be taken care of because I have you know, this muscle car that I t- intend on keeping for the rest of my life, and now I'm getting to that stage where, okay, if I'm really serious about doing that, then I have to make sure that some of the mechanical stuff is, you know, because it's easy to upgrade the aesthetic stuff. But I, and I did do some of that, and I'm continuing to do some of that. But that has to be calculated. But the mechanical stuff, such as axle seals and differentials and making sure the transmission is good and the engine's good and the spark plugs and everything's running mechanically sound and getting that stuff ready for that next phase of its life, that stuff is important. And that's what makes, you know, August difficult. But now we're rolling into the next month, and it just it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. Like the food prep never stops. The research never stops. The editing never stops. This stuff never stops. For and I know for all you people that are out there and going through your paces, whether you know where your Laszlo's hierarchy of needs, food, shelter, financial uh, uh, um, peace of mind, yeah. That's an everyday thing you have to figure out. But on top of that, that's just surviving. What are you doing after that? Are you seeking out um, a better life for yourself? Or are you just trying to go through the paces, whether it's living paycheck to paycheck or just trying to get through the day so you can grab some food on the way home so you can watch some shitty Netflix? Is that really your goal in life? I haven't had a streaming platform a, a, a pay a, a subscription-based streaming platform um, for a few years now. A few years. It just I see zero. I don't. I see zero value in it. Zero right now for me. None whatsoever. Absolutely none. 
if I really want to see a movie, I'm sure there'll be a way for me to find it or download it or buy it. But I've got, I just don't, I don't make, not that I don't have the time, but believe me, I don't have the time because I don't make the time. I don't. I'm too busy doing stuff like this and getting ready for the next phase of my life, no matter how short or how long. Sometimes the longest phase of your life takes the short amount of, shortest amount of prep. But sometimes the shortest phase of your life takes the most amount of prep. It does. You know, getting to the seacoast took a large amount of prep. Uh, getting back to the seacoast will take just as much prep. But thankfully, I'll be staying there a little bit longer. But these things besides the food and the money and the... and the, the roof over your head. It's like, well, what do you want to do after that? You know, do you want to be that guy in the Jeep Grand Cherokee with all the shit falling out of the back of his vehicle and you having to backtrack to pick all that half of it useless shit up? Or do you want to keep grinding with all that stuff so that you have a healthier body, a healthier mind, and a healthier bank account so that the next phase of your life is just, you're just building. You're just constantly building. You're just building a little city of stuff and, 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 and value, you know, I mean, through all this, I, through this whole fucking nightmare that cost me this year, cost me thousands of dollars, thousands. I still have money in the stock market. I still have money coming in every single week. I still have clients. I still have my podcast. I still have my GT convertible. Didn't have to get rid of it. Didn't have to get rid of it. Still have two cars. Still have my dog. Still have all of my stuff. I didn't have to sell anything to fight for this year. And I'm still in great financial shape. Okay? I gave a little. I got back a lot. I gave a little more. I got back even more. So as we grind down to a crazy-ass year, I'm happy that I kept, no matter what was going through my mind each day, I still kept going through the motions. Oh, yeah, still working out with what little time I had. 15 minutes a day, whether you're working out or prepping food or doing whatever you need to do, still drinking coffee the way I sh- you should still be drinking coffee, made from scratch. Absolutely. I mean, doing all these things and looking good, and feeling good, and working out hard, and prepping everything, and just staying on top of everything that you do. You know, don't get me wrong, sometimes maybe I I, I, I go off, I mean, my idea of going off the deep end is buying like one or two iced coffees a week. Is that really necessary? That's five bucks I could have spent on the uh, on my buddy, or, I could, or uh, on, on groceries, or on gas. You know, when you think about it, when you, when you think about it. So these are things that are on my mind. These are things that I, it's like, okay, well, what's, you know, what's the next step? Do I get to enjoy this moment? Yeah, of course I do. I absolutely get to. Um, but it's like, okay, okay, well, I still have to move my ass and get ready. Cause it's gonna, it's gonna, this six months, um, well, the first two months was brutal. Not going to lie. Getting here where I am right now was brutal. Brutal. It felt like forever. Two months felt like two years. 
But from June to September, flew by. I mean, it's not a lot of, that's not a long time. June to September, June, July, August, and three months. Three months. Three months of rejoicing. But not really. During that three months of, of rejoicing, I made two offers on houses. Both got, I, I got overbid both times. Um, a lot of research, a lot of figuring out what my next phases were, what my next phase of my life would be, how to play the game, or deciding to completely remove myself from the game. You know? And through all of that, through all of it, I maintained my health. And I've taken a step forward. Like, I'm, I'm signing on with a, a, a dental agency by the seacoast. You know? I'm looking forward to it. I'm signing on there. Because that's the, the one thing I care about is uh, that I don't think I can really take care of myself is my, is my teeth, my oral hygiene. You know, I can do all the other stuff, I, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Shit, at this point, I'm pretty sure I could give myself a colonoscopy. Um, but... Though that is one thing I feel like, okay, well, I definitely need uh, second opinions on that, and I want to, I want to have that taken care of. So, um, that I'm, I'm having done, just comprehensive X-ray exam and, of course, cleaning. So, and that's one thing I, I do recommend for everybody. If you don't have a dentist, I strongly suggest you get one when you are truly financially able, whether you have a dental plan or not, because. At the end of the day, it'll only cost you like three, four hundred bucks to have a comprehensive X-ray and dental work and exam, um, and then you're off and running. And then you can consider if you have one through your company getting, you know, dental plan or whatever. But either way, um, that is one because I mean, that's one thing I do definitely recommend as far as like uh, medical stuff that you can't go. I do dental shit is medical shit in my opinion, and it's some of the more important stuff because if you don't take care of your teeth. That bacteria that's in your mouth gets into your bloodstream, and then it can cause blood clots. It can cause heart disease. It can cause cancers. It can cause all kinds of terrible stuff. That and it's relatively displeasing to the sight and to the to sight and to the scent. You know, so that's the one thing I am definitely taking care of, uh, just to make sure that I'm on the right path with that going forward. Because I do care, care about my heart health and my blood health, and want to make sure that my dental efforts are uh, on par. With where they should be. Um, but, I mean, it's like, okay, what else can I be doing this? I ask this, like, you know, every few podcasts. Like, what else can I be doing? You know, what else can I be doing? What other examples can I be laying for you? You know, I haven't bought a lot of electronic equipment this year. I bought a few uh, uh, solid-state drives for my computers, I did have a computer die on me, but I mean, I got another one to wrap up in its place, and the the you know the the the, the podcast seems to be running relatively well. There are a couple things that I want to sh make shift here and there, um, but uh, the only real thing I've bought technology-wise lately is I've been wanting this um, I've been wanting a, an external hard drive, and I have a bunch of hard drives just laying around. But to buy like an external hard drive can cost you like 50 bucks. If you want like a good one, like 500 gig to terabyte or two terabyte, it can cost you anywhere from 50 to 80 to 100 dollars. Where if you just buy an enclosure and you have like a SATA drive laying around, it costs you six dollars on eBay. So for six bucks, I got myself, I was able to create a one terabyte hard drive. And all I had to did do was open it up like a cigarette or a cigar case, and then drop it in there and plug it in, and then poof, now I have a hard drive 
a, an external hard drive that I can take with me everywhere, and it's a terabyte, and it cost me $6. That's it. Because it's cheap. It's actually relatively cheap. It's very, very cheap. So now I can transfer all these projects that I have on these computers easily over with just one drive and drop it onto the server that I'll be setting back up in a couple weeks because I've got, I've got fucking projects all over these computers in folders that need to get out of here so I can free up space to do more projects, which I have, I think, at least one, uh, if not two or three coming up. Plus, I'm doing these videos for these podcasts. These take a lot of, take up a lot of space. But, I mean, thankfully, the crisis, the, the apocalypse has been averted as far as my life goes. I know there's a lot of fears out there as far as um, the variants and you know, the, the pandemic stuff and the financial market and the real estate market and uh, uh, you know terrorism and all that other stuff. You got to ignore all that. You got to ignore all that. You absolutely have to keep it at bay. You know, there's only so much you can do to control that situation. You can't control um, who's going to get sick from this virus or that virus. You can't. You can only control how you are going to react to it mentally and physically. Okay? So you just do what you think is right for yourself. Do a little research and make some good decisions on your on your own behalf, health-wise. Financially, you want to put a little money in the stock market? You can. Uh, right now, it's really up to you. I mean, real estate investment trusts are looking pretty good. Uh, however, the inverse markets are starting to get... Uh, there's, you know, If you're looking to bet against the market, that's one way to do it. But that can be dicey too right now. They move, they move in different directions very, very quickly. So do your research. And um, if, I, if I was to recommend an app, I would recommend the Weeble app. That's a pretty good one. But uh, I'll link. I have the affiliate link if you want it. The so that's financial. I mean, there are plenty of jobs out there. That's the great thing. People who say they can't find a job, I call bullshit. I call bullshit. There's plenty of jobs out there. There's plenty of companies willing to pay you plenty per hour with bonuses. All you have to do is sign on. All you have to do is sign on. So you can make money, whether it's in the market or at a job. There's plenty of opportunities to move here and go there. So just ignore all the fluff. You got to ignore, I mean, you have to almost go out of your way to just ignore people. Because you can't help everyone. Like, I can help that poor dog that was running down the highway. I don't know if I can help this guy uh, who shit fell out of his Cherokee back in Gilmanton. I don't know if I can help that guy. I could save the dog that was running up the highway in Lee that almost got run over by a Chevy Corvette. But I don't know if I can help that dude. You can't help everybody. You can't listen to everybody. You kind of just have to do your own thing and shut everything out, sh- shut everyone else out. You know, like when I heard like when Joe DiMaggio went up to the plate and everybody was screaming and yelling from the stands, he apparently just shut everybody out and everything was quiet. And that was how he was able, how he was able to be one of the greatest baseball players, one of the greatest hitters of all time. You got to shut everybody out. You got to ignore all that bullshit. There's so many distractions, whether it's on Facebook and social media, whether it's on TV through all this random, you know, trash television, like the Real Housewives of Oklahoma. I mean, whatever. This shit is pointless. You're not going to learn anything about this stuff. It's not even good enough content for me to talk about on my own podcast. I mean, if I wanted to 
bitch and moan and complain about stuff. I could talk about Britney Spears, how she was a 16-year-old sex symbol who should never pay taxes again, who's been freaking under house arrest for the past 10 fucking years. So that's one thing I could talk about. Or I could talk about this Mike Richards thing, how he basically got fired from Jeopardy because of some shit. I don't even know what he said. You can go back to like the second or third podcast of this of this podcast, of this website. I'm pretty sure I dropped the N-word in there somewhere. Am I going to apologize? No, because I never got to state my case about it because I had some freaking, uh, um, you know, Cuck is one of the co-hosts who caught his wife cheating one night and decided to stay with her for another few days and slept in another room. Uh, I, I can't uh, get my case out, so fuck it. I don't care. I'm not going to apologize for any of that stuff. I don't know why this guy is resigning from a host, as a host of Jeopardy. He should have made fucking ABC fire him. You know, great, we, fle- we freed Britney. Yeah, well, we still got Michael Richards fired. So, I mean, I could complain about both those things. I don't know what else to tell you. I can't, but that, at the end of the day, it's just more cancel culture, cancel culture bullshit. So far, the only person we've saved from cancel culture is Britney Spears. And we didn't cancel her. Her father did. Or tried to. Well, successfully did for like 10 years after she shaved her head and tried beating the shit out of a, a fucking Land Rover or something. I don't know. Stay hydrated. So, I mean, it's just it's distractions and of, of this and that. I mean, the whole Afghanistan thing. That's a giant distraction. It's a fucking tragedy that's still unfolding. But it's tragedies are distractions as well. You know, the market collapsing is a, is a tragedy. It's a shame. But that's also a distraction. You know? Because when the market shatters, somebody's collecting those glass shards and selling you a mirror. So you have to take into account that while all these distractions are around you, if you stay focused on the tax, the task at hand, you're going to succeed. You can't, you got to stay in that pocket. You got to stay in that pocket. I had a goal this year, get to the seacoast. I got there, had to leave, stuck here. Now I'm back. Stayed focused. I got distracted for two months while I wiped that bitch all over the fucking carpet and got my dog back. Did that. Great. What's next? Oh, yeah. This is where I wanted to go. Good. Well, let's see if this is an option. Buying a house. Tried it. Twice. All right. Well, you know what? I don't want to fucking live there anyways, and I don't want to live there anyways. What about this? That's a good idea. Let's do that. Well, how do I convince this guy that I'm the shit and I'm the one he should he should choose? Well, go down there with everything. If you're not sure, if you're going to go into a rental agency or a rental apartment place, what should you show up with? Number one, your credit score. Number two, all your pay stubs, at least three. Um, So number one, like I said, your credit score. Number two, all your pay stubs. Number three, a big fat check. Have a check for first month's rent and have a check with a security deposit. Have it all there, ready to go at that moment. If you want that place bad enough, you should be able to have everything that he asks, he or she asks for within two seconds of meeting him. Any of the debts that you have that may be on your credit score that you know are paid off, have a have all the payoff printed out right in front of them. 
have everything there. Here it is. I want to live here. Here's here's all that you need. You don't have to worry about anything about anybody else. Anything else. If you want easy money, I'm easy money. Boom. There you go. When do I move in? That's how you want to do it. That's how you want to do it. You just you just show up. You show up and you blow up and you just give them everything that they ask for right away. Because look, at the end of the day, these people who are renting out these apartments and selling these houses, they don't give a shit about it's not about fucking stories anymore. I remember when my friend Beth, she wanted to buy a house, uh, a nice little cape by herself, and she was able to she got outbid, but she had a beautiful she had a real estate agent, you know, you know, do a, a beautiful letter about what she wanted to do there and what she's going to do to the place and and eventually the person said, you know what, I'm going to give you this place uh, because I like your story and it was heartfelt and all that stuff. You could do that four years ago, five years ago. Now it's like, all right, which motherfucker from Massachusetts has the most money? Oh, that's cute. You drove all the way down. You drove all the way down here from uh, from fucktard New Hampshire. Uh, you know, two hours to look at this house, and you're gonna offer me this? Okay, great. Well, those people from Rhode Island just showed up, um, with a check, a check for the entirety of the home. Oh, and they're they're doing thirty grand over. So your little sob story's not gonna work for me. Sorry. Next. And that's it. All that effort to come look at it, and you've already been out fucked. That's what the market is right now. There is no room for charity. None. There's no charity right now. This is what happens. This is something I was concerned about. Is because everybody, it's all about money right now and this scramble for power. Nobody gives a shit about confidence. It's a struggle for power, which means there's no room for charity. That's the scary thing. That's when people fall through the cracks. I almost fell through the cracks, but I was prepared. I knew what I wanted to do. I sought out. What I, I sought it out at full speed ahead. I drove all the way up from the lakes region, all the way down to the seacoast and back and did it and did it. So, I mean, are there very, is there any possibility, any possibility that over the course of the next two weeks, something could fucking happen? Yeah, absolutely. You know why? Something already has happened to me this year. It's always possible that something could happen. I could get screwed out of my cash. It's always possible. These are always possible things. They are. Do I see it actually happening now? There's only one variable. That's all. But a business transaction has been made. I'm pretty sure that that's going to be followed up on. It's going to be honored. And then we're good. That's all. And we're going to go from there and we'll see what the spring gives us. But I just had a goal. Now, what did I have to sacrifice in order to obtain this goal? Well, the same thing. It's just me and my me and my buddy. And that's what it should be going forward. I have no other time for anything else. At least I don't think. I was asked, do I plan on ever returning to, this, returning to the lakes region? Fuck no. Absolutely not. Do you know how much effort it took for me to get, like, don't get me wrong, I love visiting like my sister and going up there and doing some of that silly shit and, and making sure that my my uh, nephew has something to live for. But um, besides that, I'm never I, I left there for a reason. As soon as I left high school, I was gone. I left the Lakes region like a bat out of hell. I don't plan on going. There's no future up there for people. 
maybe for people in their 40s that are settling down, they have a decent job, and I don't know, all that other bullshit. But besides that, I have no intention of moving up there on a full-time basis. It doesn't do anything for me. I love the ocean. I love the ocean. I truly, truly love the fucking ocean. And when you truly love something like that, you do whatever it is in your power to get it. If it is yours to be taken, you take it. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. I wanted stuff so bad this year, I was willing to do anything to get it. Jordan Peterson said, if you truly want something, you can have it. So, but the question is, what is it that you actually want? This was in a, um, in a lecture that he did. I knew what I actually, number one, I knew what I actually wanted. And number two, I truly went after it. And I accomplished it. Makes me wonder, what other good things are down the pike? I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm, 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 I am 38, I'm not 22. I don't know what that means. No idea. But I'm sure I have more things to look forward to. And I'm sure if if good things are happening to me now, uh, they may exponentially get better. You know, sometimes I just got to talk to you guys like a stream of consciousness and let you know, you work hard enough. It's not all bullshit. It's not all bullshit. They're truly... There's truly a path in life if you if you follow it, even though it looks hard. You're really going to appreciate... You're going to reap the rewards and you're going to appreciate them when you get them. But, you know, that just... That Jeep with all the stuff falling out of the back of it, it's like, man. Like I drive down the road in the mornings... In the afternoons, I just see people like, like, just moping along the side of the road, just looking at their phones. No car, obviously. Just down. What happened in their life for them to get there? Now, I've been in situations where I've been exactly them. In visually, visually, I've been them, standing on the side of the road with a whole bag of shit, not sure what's in the bag. And looking at my phone to see when, I don't know, Uber is going to show up or when I'm going to get a call about my car or where I'm going to live or just how I'm going to figure all this stuff, this stuff out. Now, what's the disconnect? What's the disconnect between what I've accomplished and where I am now to where they are now? What am I missing? Is it just they don't live in an area where there's a lot of opportunity? Well, if there's no opportunity here and they're just walking from this shit job to this shit place, what's to stop them from just taking a, an Uber or a bus down to another place that's a little nicer where they can find another shit job and find a shit place? Look. Look. Rent is shitty everywhere. The only place where rent is cheaper is in Massachusetts right now, in shittier towns. 
But if you're living, like, look, if you, if I, if it was just me, just me, and I wanted to live down the by the seacoast, I could easily do it. I could easily do it. This situation of mine would have been so much easier. I could have gotten a fucking uh, a spot r- overlooking the ocean. But I wanted to, you know, that was just not in the cards. That's all. It just wasn't in the cards. Whatever. Whatever. I, but I, I mean, I'm still, I'm still one, one block down from the ocean. So same thing. Doesn't matter. I just, you know, wasn't going to give up my dog. But literally, I could go from shit location to nice location e- much easier. They could have done the same thing. There's so many places out there renting. If you had, uh, if you wanted to live in Exeter, if you wanted to live in in Summersworth, or if you wanted to live in uh, uh, any of the surrounding towns from the ocean, shit. There's so many jobs hiring. There's so many places hiring. There's so many opportunities to live in a better environment that puts you in a better mindset. Why these people don't do it? Why they don't see it? Is it not taught to them? But I'm telling you, if I if you wanted to do it, you can do it. You just got to instead of taking that bus to go home, which is not home, you could take that bus to go somewhere else. If it's a shit job, what does it matter? You just go to the next shit job. If you work at a a fucking Wendy's in 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 this town, but you want to truly live here in this area, well, just transfer down there or go work down there. Look, I don't want to, I, at this point, it, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's definitely doable. It's definitely doable. It's beyond doable. It's not just plausible. It's not just probable. It's 100% doable. And you just got to go in that direction. Like, where do I want to go? I want to go that way. Well, go that way. Do you have any attachments? Do you have any debt? Or is it just that shit that you're dragging on the side of the road? Well, if it's just that shit you're dragging on the side of the road, See what you need out of that shit. And then go that way. What do you truly need? Look, I'll be honest. If I wanted to do, if I didn't have all this like extra furniture. I mean, then I could just, all I need is my clothes, a couple of my laptops and a cell phone and go along my way and just go that way. I could literally throw this stuff in the back of my car, which I've done before, and just take off. When you truly don't have this shit, you realize how much you didn't need it to begin with. That's all. This is just reserve property. But this stuff is lightweight. I can go anywhere I want with it. I could get on a bus and go anywhere in the United States. At least for now. So what's stopping these people in these desolate areas? Truly, I don't get it. Why can't they just hop in a cab like fucking John Rambo and just go and go west or south? I don't get it. I don't get it. Don't know if I ever will. But I'm not going to get too distracted by it because I'm heading in the direction that I want to go with. And... I have places for this. I have a spot for the things I can't take with me. Because I've already got stuff waiting for me there. I just have to know 
that I have to be disciplined when I'm down there and not get distracted and continue to stay disciplined while I'm down there because after this, there's another phase of my life and I have to figure it out in a short period of time. But I'm still going to enjoy living that life that was taken from me and seeing how I can use this in my favor, being in a new environment around new places, around new businesses, and around new people to see how this can work in my favor and push me towards that next goal in my life. That's all it takes is being in a new environment with new people. That means new possibilities. It also means new opportunities to get yourself in trouble. So, uh, that's kind of, I think that's where I wanted to go. Took me a minute to kind of stumble through to that ultimate conclusion, but I think that that little Jeep Grand Cherokee gimmick or bit, I think that's where I wanted it to take, where I wanted it to take you, take me, is to this conclusion. Um, so I hope that works for you. And, uh, I guess what we'll do is we'll move on to, uh, Q&A and then we'll call it a week, uh, for, well, this week's podcast. We'll call it an episode. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's what I wanted to, that's what I wanted to, to, to portray to you guys. And I hope that it's of some value through you. And I hope it's some value to you. You know? Look, I mean, I, look, let's be honest. I'm glad I'm not the Jeopardy host right now. You know, I don't know what he did. Did he throw a midget through a blender and punch a pregnant lady? I don't know. Apparently it's something he said. It's something he said. Have you heard the shit I've said? I've said some fucking crazy things. Crazy things. But unless unless I'm videotaped throwing a midget through a blender and punching a pregnant lady, then there's no reason to cancel me. None. None. Don't know what else to tell you because I'm not going to apologize. I'm not. No reason. So I don't know what he's up to. And guess what? I don't host Jeopardy. So who gives a shit? It's a distraction. Let's keep going. I got money here. I got this there. I got a place there. I got my puppy there. I got my life. I know what I don't have. But if you just stay focused on your own shit, everything else will gravitate towards you. Because that's how it works. When you accumulate shit, you start to accrue a uh, an atmosphere. And then once you have that atmosphere... You're an, you have an orbit. You have a gravity. Things gravitate towards you because you have everything. And when you have everything, you only get more. So that's what I'm going to do and just build. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make myself buildable and portable. And let's see how that works. Because I don't want to be that slow-moving ship. I don't want to be that slow-moving tanker that can't maneuver when there's like a iceberg or something in the way i don't want to be that i still want to be maneuverable so i have to make sure that i think strategically about how to keep myself light on my toes and not get dragged down by any bullshit i think i could do it this time i think i've learned my lesson anyways let's go ahead and move on to some q a dig q a for uh the week and uh, if you want to support the podcast and all things PS, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Please, go ahead. If there was a million of you, 
and they all y'all gave me a dollar, I'd uh well be better off. Anyways, let's go ahead, head and move to the Q and A. Dig Q and A for this week's podcast. May I offer my friend ceviche for the sole purpose of finding out whether she's pregnant? I think a friend of mine may be pregnant. We're friendly, but not BFFs. She hasn't said anything to me about it, but I can see the shape of her body changing. How terrible would it be to invite her to dinner and serve ceviche? Pregnant women can't eat raw fish. If she doesn't eat it, that would be another piece of evidence. Can I? No, you can't. Because what if they don't know that they can't eat raw fish? What if they just don't know and they do it anyways and something happens to the baby? Well, you really feel like a dickbag now, wouldn't you? What does it matter? You're going to find out when they're pregnant. You know you know when you find out? Well, in about nine months. Because pregnancy is a visible thing. What does it matter? Why do you got to be in the know before everybody else? If they're pregnant, you'll find out. If you think they're pregnant and you want to be careful around it and you think that you're friendly, well, then don't serve ceviche and offer something else. Or ask. I don't know what your plan is. This isn't a smart one. This sounds like some bullshit sitcom uh, plot. So... Skip this whole thing. I don't I don't know what your point of this is. I'm not even sure if you're a guy or a girl or if you're trying to get in there. Or it, I don't know what you're... This doesn't make any sense to me. Don't serve ceviche if you think the person's pregnant. And, uh, and that's it. You'll know if, they're, if they are or not. If you are planning to serve something and serve it with alcohol, then you serve it with alcohol. If they don't, if they say no alcohol for me, please. Oh, okay. How come? Are you pregnant or something? I don't know. That's maybe your that's maybe your go-to. Anyways, moving on. Was I wrong to tell my friend, tell off my friend, for accusing his fiance of cheating after he opened up their relationship? I have an old friend, Nick, and his fiance, Sophie. 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 They've been together three years, and Nick has repeatedly suggested an open relationship to which Sophie has refused. Until a few months ago when when he said he'd only propose if she agreed to try an open relationship. She agreed. I said to him at the time that he was an ass for it, and he said he was just acting in his best interest. Now Nick wanted an open relationship so he could see Anna, a girl we knew from college, who he always had a thing for, but she was married from when he was 18 to 26, so he never had a chance until recently. He hasn't had a chance to see her yet because she's been living with her sick mom, and they can't afford to rent a hotel. Now the issue is Nick showed up at my house last weekend with a suitcase, absolutely livid, and asked to crash on my couch. He said Sophie went out to dinner and had sex with a male model, and that he she was cheating, that she was cheating because she hadn't had the chance to see Anna, and it was unfair for her to see someone so much hotter than Anna. Now that Anna isn't attractive, I basically laughed at him and told her this is exactly what was going to happen, and that he was being selfish, expecting Sophie not to see anyone or to see people less attractive than her. She's very she's very attractive, and I don't know why she's with Nick, to be honest. He went off on me for not being supportive, and I stormed out and is trying to turn our friend group against me for not supporting him. I've taken a few days to think about it, but I still can't decide. Am I the asshole? No! No! She fucked another guy, and he allowed for that possibility to happen. So she gets a pass, and... Obviously, there's other variables here, but she gets a pass. He had a pass, but then fucking freaked out, packed his shit, and left. So Nick's a douchebag here, 
And the fact that he showed up at your house and expected that for you to be all supportive. Well, you support him. Be like, Nick, you're my friend. Uh, I do what I can for you. But you allowed this to take place. And you wanted to screw this other chick. So I'm not sure what your plan was. But I don't think this was the right way of going about it. So as far as the, well, the relationship's definitely over. And your friendship with Nick could possibly be over as well. You you did what you can, but you're only going to go so far. You're not the mar- You're not part of the married couple. You're just a friend of the married couple. Well, the soon to no longer be, you know, engaged couple. What do you want to call it? But yeah, Nick's an idiot. Should I send an uh, okay? Should I send an apologetic email after I accidentally spilled condoms all over a hiring manager's desk during a job interview? <laughs> This week, I finally landed my very first post-pandemic interview. Big post-pandemic interview. I studied hard, prepared extensively, and dug my circa 2019 interview clothes out of the storage, along with my fancy business satchel and leather binder. The interview required me to bring a portfolio of prior work. (laughs) I was ready to impress. I sat down with my interviewer, feeling confident, collegial, and chatty. Got settled, pulled my portfolio out of my satchel with a self-assured flourish, and not one but two, four condoms came sailing out of my bag and went clattering across my interviewer's desk. Unopened condoms, to be clear. Kind you might grab a handful from a fishbowl in certain bars and toss optimistically into your fancy business satchel just before you spend an entire 16 months having zero need of neither condoms nor satchel, but condoms. Blah, blah, blah. I did my best to gather them up quickly and toss them back into my bag, but clearly the damage was done. My interviewer even had to nudge one of them back to me so I could collect it. We were so bored and awkwardly sputtered about, she said something like, oop. And I said something like, guess I need to clean out this bag. Which, ew, before continuing the interview, which I obviously have zero memory of because my brain is no longer anywhere near my body, the interviewer kept it professional throughout to her great credit. You can't exactly put the condoms back in the bag, as they say. That's not what they say. Um, so moving on. Of course, my question is, what do I do now? Do I mention the condom disaster in my post-interview follow-up email? Or do I just write off the interview as a loss entirely and not even get back in touch? Do I need to worry about this looking at some sort of sexual harassment? I'm a youngish gay man. My interview is a woman be 20 years my senior. Do I apologize profusely or pretend it never happened? Try to get out of my head before I'm known forever in my industry as the guy who threw condoms around the room during the interview. Um, if you ha- if you normally do follow-up emails, then you don't mention the whole condom thing. It's a follow-up email about the job that you wanted. And that's it. You don't make jokes about it anyways. You just... Do a, seriously, um, because I mean, you know, women carry personal stuff in their bags. So fine. If you're carrying condoms, all right, fine. Um, you're carrying a satchel. What's the matter with you? Um, so I don't care if you're gay. Don't carry a fucking satchel. Uh, so just do your follow up email. Say, yeah, you're really interested in the job. Thank you for having me. If there's any questions, you know how to reach out. And that's it. Don't mention the rubbers. Let's move on to the next one. Should I continue planning activities that my middle daughter has no interest in during family visits? My wife and I are parents of four younger children, four adult children, age 20 to 30, and they all live over the, all over the country. But we enjoy organizing two or three family visits per year at our home with our four children flying for a long weekend or holiday break. The issues are one of our middle children, Kaylee, while one of us are Callie. While the other five of us enjoy outdoorsy adventures, Callie is bookish, much preferring to stay inside and read, play board games, or prefer perhaps go to the museum. She also enjoys a slower-paced day. 
with perhaps a, perhaps one activity out of the house. Meanwhile, the five of us enjoy mountain biking, down skiing, rock climbing, adventurous, blah, blah, blah. They take up the whole day and involve some less fun portions like hiking to the climbing area alongside for fun. Callie used to be a pretty good sport lately. However, she's been balking at joining us for these trips. She'll even refuse to go out outright, staying home by herself for the day. Seemingly arbitrary limit on what we can do, like a five-mile hike instead of a 10-mile, 10-miler. Everyone else gets grouchy that their fun is limited because Callie and Callie's grouchy that she's the odd one out. No one enjoys themselves. We just started acquiescing and leaving Callie home, but the result is the rest of the family has high-quality bonding time without her, and I know she's bummed about this. I don't want her to think of herself as a black sheep, and I do respect her desire to set boundaries about the level of outdoor activity she engages in. But I also think it's ridiculous for her to fly across the country only to sit home alone. None of us want to sit inside all day with her. I know that differentiation is an important part of growing up, and I'm worried how to handle this in a way that respects everyone's wishes. Do you have... Okay. Um... Well, look, they're your kids. You got to compromise and work something out. And the people that are um, all in agreement about what they want to do maybe should try talking to uh, Callie about maybe what she wants to do and if she even wants to come in general. Because if she just wants to hang out and doesn't want to go rock climbing and things like that, okay, fine. But if this is a family thing, you got to be a family. And allow them to do some of the hard work to kind of see what she wants to do. And definitely take a time to kind of chill out by the house and just be together as a family, not really expending that much energy. But at the same time, being outside with one another. So, um, I think we're going to call it, or should we do, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, we'll do one more. Should I tell my GoFund? Should I tell GoFundMe that my friend made nine thousand dollars in brand sponsorships last night? My friend is crowdfunding her trip to France when I know for a fact that she can afford it herself. She started to GoFundMe for her trip, claiming that she will be studying abroad. She's raised over four thousand dollars for her trip, and although she told me she made nine thousand dollars last month from brand sponsorships alone, I'm honestly losing some respect for her. Even if she can't, even if she can't afford it, that's such a tacky way to get to France. Should I keep my mouth shut or report her to GoFundMe account? Don't get involved. Keep your fucking mouth shut. Focus on your own stuff. Don't worry about your friends doing. Your friend is take is taking advantage of the system, doing whatever. Whether she's right or wrong, right or not, you don't don't get involved. This ain't your shit. That's the problem. Everybody else getting into everybody else's shit. You stay out of it. You're just fucking jealous because you're not going to France. Stay out of it. Boom. We're done here. Thank you for listening, watching, subscribing. I may take a week or two off while I get resituated. I don't know. We'll see. But um, just want to say thank you for sticking with me along the way. I know it's been up and down. It's been crazy. It's been good. It's been bad. It's been sometimes horrible. But, uh, you know, you can find me anywhere where podcasts are available, including including now on Amazon Podcasts. I'm now on there right now, even though I'm not a fan of Amazon in any way, shape, or form. It's another way for people to get in contact. And it's another way for people to, well, let's put it this way. I don't know how long I'll stay on there with their terms and conditions. But, hey, I'm on there. So I can always remove myself if I don't like what they're they're, they're doing. So uh, you can also hit me up through my website, positivesarcasm.com. Check out all my stuff there. Email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com. So in the meantime, thank you for listening, watching, subscribing, donating. And I'll talk to you all in uh, the next episode.
probably next week, I think. I'll say, it'll be a quick wrap-up, and I'll say thank you, and then I'll be on my way. But until then, recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. This has been a positive sarcasm, busy, please.